but we have really been looking forward to today because we're so honored to have Nikki Cruz with us. This past week, the Assemblies of God hosted a national evangelist conference. And uh, of course, we had evangelist Chris Allen with us last weekend. And uh, we are so honored that Nikki Cruz would be here this weekend. And two nights ago at that conference, he was awarded by the Assemblies of God the Smith Wigglesworth Lifetime Achievement Award as an evangelist. And we honor you, Nikki. We bless you. We thank you. Nikki's wife, Gloria, is with us, and son-in-law, Patrick, will you stand? We welcome you as well uh, to be with us today. God bless you all. Uh, Nikki grew up in a very abusive childhood in the midst of hardcore witchcraft, and uh, as a gang leader in New York City, a skinny preacher by the name of Dave Wilkerson. Uh, entered into that territory and shared the love of Jesus with Nikki and his conversion to Christ, dramatic, powerful conversion to Christ has become world famous. Nikki has now preached to 50 million people. And uh, his book, Run Baby Run, and other books have become world famous, bestsellers as well. He has an amazing story. God has used him greatly. And uh, we are so honored that he would extend from the conference this week, extend over this holiday weekend, and come to be with us. Uh, you know, I'm always interested what people are like behind the scenes. Um, sometimes people can be wonderful on a platform, but I, I can always, because I'm often be with them behind the scenes, I can figure out pretty quickly whether they're the real deal or not. And Nicky Cruz is the real deal. He's a humble guy. He's a delightful guy. He's got a great sense of humor. And I'm just so, this is our first time meeting personally, and I'm so grateful to have been able to meet you, uh, Nicky, and thank you. His books are on sale at the book table after the service, as well as the Cross and the Switchblade DVD, the movie that was made from when Dave Wilkerson went and started. Uh, ministry in New York City, and Nikki was converted, and that's where Teen Challenge was started. And we have a bunch of folks from Ozark Teen Challenge with us. Will you guys stand? You guys and gals stand. We're so glad to have you with us. God bless you. We love what God's doing in your lives. We cheer it on, and uh, we're so honored to have you with us, Teen Challenge now global, uh, all grew out of what happened in Nikki's life and in those days. So let's give a good central welcome to Nikki Cruz as he comes and preaches. What a privilege to be in the Mecca And when I die, my soul will not be resting in Springfield, Missouri. I'll go straight to heaven, okay? <laughs> Pastor Jim and Cindy? Sandy. I, I get confused. I have so many, I met so many Sandy, Cindy, and I get confused, especially with the people, wife, pastor wife. 
uh, it's a surprise for me to be here today. I never accept a meeting in Memorial Day. Never. I think Patrick, my son-in-law, which is married, my daughter, who is nothing but a thief. <laughs> when he saw my pistol coming out, he said, no, 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 I came in the name of peace. <laughs> he is the CEO of Nikki Cruz. He's the man together with my daughter that she's supposed to be here. She got sick. They're going to be running the ministry and for 32 years I have been teaching them. And they have Truce, which is a ministry that, that goes straight into the inner city and they have been all over. They have been in England, London, England, Norway, and all those places. And that's a hip hop uh, type of music which Rap, which I don't understand, <laughs> but the people do. But I want to say something. I was so happy to be here, and it was so good to meet uh, Pastor Jim. And uh, seriously, uh, you began to you you meet so many people, and and I don't want to go around the book. Stop it. What I'm going to do is something that I said, I'm going to, uh, I dislike to speak the same message twice in the same day. But I'm going to use some of this, some of the things to really uh, come down with something that had to do personal. It is true that, that every place that I go, people want to hear my life story and I don't do it. Sometimes some I do it. But you're going to hear a little bit about it. We live in a very hurting time. Already the pastor has explained what's happened in our country. Uh, it's serious. Uh, what happened in Buffalo, uh, in Texas. And this is something that we never expected. I remember one time when I, when I spoke was speaking in Cambridge University in England to about 3,000 students. In the news, in BBC, there was something, Gloria and I, we just came in, I was tired, I didn't want to eat. So then I put BBC and there is the way they thought, the way that they was reporting about United States about violence, about Miami, the people used to come to Miami and then get, some of them, they get killed. And it was a terrible. And after crying and then, because I used to go to England twice every year, and the book, Run Baby Run, is a textbook in all the high school, in England, not only in Great Britain, but in Finland, in uh, uh, New New England, or New Zealand, and Australia. And it was very easy to speak. And this book, Run Baby Run, uh, uh, the book, Run Baby Run, is still a bestseller because they had to buy the book, 10,000 book every year. <laughs> so you can tell. Well, I have been in all kinds of pulpits. 
Seriously. The Mormon church, in all kinds of uh, the, the university with the Mormons and all of that. And, and, but being here is a total different. Uh, many preachers would love to be here speaking in this beautiful place. But <laughs> to me, uh, I spoke many, many years ago. I don't remember. Many, many years ago, it was in that, this fancy building. But that was the last time. I mean, the first time, not the last time. So I'm going to go, and I'm going to talk to you, and I'm going to bring it down into what really happened in my life. And, and, and the reason I want to do it is because it's for myself. Because I know what it means to be hurt. I know the power of rejection. I know the power of being unwanted. I know the power of violence, because I, because I was very, very violent. Raised in, I mean, being in New York City and do the thing that I did is, I'm not proud at all. But it was boring. There was killing involved. And there's something that I had to take to my grave. I want to talk to you about where were you when I was hurting? And that's the question right now that we have. People are questioning, why this thing happened? Where was God? Where is God? Where is God in our marriage? What happened with my friend when I need my friend? He's not there for me. Where are you? And we ask, where are you when I've been having problems with my marriage? Where are you when I've been having problems with my children and my grandchildren? This is the question that is very hard to answer because always we blame God. You know, I never blame God for anything because I know who was God. I didn't know who Jesus Christ was because I was born in a witchcraft home. And to start up, and still start up speaking, what happened, it was very simple. I'm a miracle. I'm a resurrected miracle. I'm standing here, and I tell you something, holding this microphone is one of the greatest privileges of my life because I should be dead. And yet, I'm here celebrating life with all of you, not death. And many times we do really think there's, there's no promise that everything's going to be beautiful in this life. No, that's going to be trials, testing moments, suffering. We all gonna experience that, and some of you experience that in this very moment. One thing that I learned, in, and it touched me very deeply, and it helped me a lot to crawl inside of the heart of King David, because he used to ex express 
It's just to talk to his soul. And sometimes it is true, I do that. And in Psalm uh, 25, 16 through 18, this is something that has so much feeling. When he, King David, said these words, turn to me and be gracious to me, for I am lonely and afflicted. The trouble of my heart have multiplied, freed me from my anguish. Look up, look up on my afflictions and my distress and take away all my sins. This is something that got emotions, feelings. This is a confession. This is something that we must go through many times over and over. And when you look at King David, he suffered a lot. If you're talking about one of the most dysfunctional family, King David was the number one. Because on day one, since the beginning, who was the first dysfunctional family? Adam and Eve, the killing of Abel. And here is David going through everything in his life. Everything had turned because one sin, one look, just one look. You know what killed David? He was in the error. He wasn't a soul that, it was his eyes. He just fall because his eyes. Looking at a gorgeous, precious woman that turned to be a pain. A pain you know where. <laughs> what you laughing at. So in this situation, David has seen everything. I mean, he had gone through everything. He watched his daughter being raped by his own son. Then his own son, Asalon, arise and kill his brother. And this is gold still. And not only that, but his son wanted to be the king. And he went after the king, David. And where's David? He was hiding in a cave, running away from a chicken, a coward, a godless. Son, and you might you you began to think, man, the lowest of law. That's what King David went through. David was in an awkward situation. He cried with anxiety and despair. He felt abandoned. He felt helpless. He felt ignored. In few words, I see you, but I don't see you. You're invisible. You're there in front of my face, but I don't see you. The only thing that you can see is what you're going through yourself. You see, no, I'm going to cut it. I'm going to turn this thing off, and that's it. I am not going to go through the process of going and preach a message over here. Period. If you don't like it, take a walk on the one side. Yeah, because if not, I'm going to get into this and I'm going to go into that. Listen what happened. 
When I say that I'm a blessed child, this has to do very strong. The way that you come into this world, be something or be nothing. Be a blessing or be a curse. Well, you know, when you began to look at my life, and there have been all kinds of articles, all kinds of uh, specials that have been made on my life. But really, honestly, what really has helped me is Jesus Christ to, to go through and my wife, Gloria. 62 years marriage. That's my wife. Would you please stand up, Gloria? This is come from your husband. She don't want to be introduced, but here is my wife. My only one. This evangelist have two or three wives. No, 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 I have one. One is enough. And I've been blessed. I, will, I have been blessed because salvation has come into my life. I have been blessed because God gave me a, a good wife. Because a lot of times, preachers have the tendency, I want to introduce my beautiful wife, and when you look, man, it's ugly. I'm serious. I was in this convention, and this guy said, I want to introduce my beautiful wife. And I said, I don't want to lie, but she's ugly. <laughs> I'm serious. I was born in Puerto Rico. I'm Puerto Rican. I know that you had people from Chile, from whatever, uh, Santo Domingo, Dominicans. You got a lot of white people here. <laughs> some people look good with a suntan. Some of you white people, you better go to the beach and take a suntan. <laughs> I was born in Puerto Rico. And many times you ask the question, where was the place that God pushed you in the wounds or somebody who's going to brought you into this world. I am not proud to say from where I came from. Because what happened, it was so dark. It was a family that they were destined to go to hell. Standing here, straightening my arms toward you, what running through my veins it's the blood of my father, a satanic priest. The blood of my mother, a witch. When did my mother, how my mother went after my soul? Why she hated me so much? Why she denied me the, the things that any child would love to have? A mother is the one that is there and he, she's willing to die for the children. They're willing to do anything. 
And here I was born in a rat hole of hell. And I wasn't the only one in my family. I have a big, large family, big one. 17 brothers and one sister. My father was a very romantic human being. <laughs> she loved mama, and mama called him papi. And here I was born, abused. Why did my mother went after me? Why I'm holding this microphone in front of you? Why she hate me? Why she make me hate her guts since I was a little boy? Why she rejected me? Why she abused me physically? When she beat me and beat me and beat me and let me there unconscious in a pool of blood. My nose broken, my eyes closed. She hit me so hard. Kick me. My lips split. How do you feel when you are nine years old? I should tell you, get out of my life. I never love you. You are not my son. You are son of Satan. I never want to see you again. Get out of my life. I curse the day that I brought you into this world. And she never knew how cold it was when you come into this world and you experience how cold it is and brutal. She broke me. She broke my will. She killed me. She killed all my dreams that a child you have. And when I came to the conclusion to commit suicide, I followed a voice because that home and this center were full of demons. And the last time she killed, that she hit me so hard that she locked me up in this room. No food, no water. I remember that I have no other alternative. Oh, Satan, grab my, my mind. Kill yourself. Hunger yourself. You are no good for nothing. Your mother is right. You are son of the devil. And you know what? That voice was for real. Guide me. And I follow my voice. I took that rope and I put it against my, my neck. There's a big tree, mango tree. And I climbed the tree with the other end of the rope. I tied it. I put my hands looking down to settle the way down. And when I was like this, I was crying so hard because I knew what I was doing. I, gonna, I was checking out of, out of this world. There is my brother 
crying so hard, screaming, choked up, because she could hardly pronounce my name. And there was like an echo, don't do it, don't, don't, don't do it, please. He climbed the tree. I don't know how he did it. Crabbed me. Kissed me. And I kissed him. And I said goodbye. I'm going to give the desire of my mother. She's never going to see me again. And I'll never want to see her again. Never. She's a devil. And I came to New York. I don't want to do nothing with my family. I don't want to be with nobody. And I used to sleep in the subway. I used to run 24 hours day and night. And you had to change from one train to another train until the police come, hit you with a stick, and then you wake up and then say, get out of here. And I remember that I, uh, I came to a place in my life that the only thing for survival was to join this gang. And I joined a new family, knowing that I sold my soul to crime, to murder, to go wire into a wire around the wire street of New York. <laughs> the buildings. New York was a concrete jungle. And that jungle, I got to. I got to. That's the name of survival. It's a jungle and the law of the jungle. You behave like an animal. An animal had to kill another, another animal for survival, you know that the day that I died, I was nine years old that day when my mother just completely told me that I was a son of the devil. That day that I want to commit suicide, that the day I died, I died when I was nine years old and I was waiting to be buried when I was 19 or 20 years old if I live this long in life because it was wild. When you see your best friend die in your arms with 32 holes on his chest, and I'm just young, he is just 16 years old, didn't know how to express myself. Because when I was a little boy, I promised I would never cry again, and, and I would never love again, and I'm holding the head of my best friend. And I want to cry, but my well was dry. I could not force myself either to cry. I don't know. And I'm watching that red blood going like red flower coming out from his chest. 
And I went, why? Why? And I thank God I got busted. I got, I got busted in a crime and It had to be God that they put me in a private place in the, in the last floor, keep me away from the population because I was dangerous and there were a lot of guys from the gangs that, that was there and they was afraid for a riot or, or anything like that. And I, and I remember that somebody walking into my cell, it was a doctor, Dr. Goodman, a psychiatrist. He introduced himself as Dr. Goodman. I look at him, and I was smoking one cigarette after another. I said, who are you? Well, I'm Dr. Goodman, and I'm here to deal with your case. I want you to tell me what is your problem, huh? You think I'm going to tell him? You know, psychiatrist tells you, lay down here and tell me. And then you start boom, 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 boom. He don't do nothing. Boom, 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 and talking and talking and talking. talking. Why you need a psychiatrist for? Do you telling everything to, that you, that yourself? Why don't you pay me for being a psychiatrist and tell me everything? And the state of New York had to pay for all of this. To tell me, Nikki, you're walking straight to jail, the electric chain and hell. And there's no hope for you. After dealing for me for three, for six months, this is what this Dr. Goodman told me. You're walking straight to jail, the electric chair and hell, and there's no hope for you. But let me tell you something, that is the voice of a man. But you don't know what is the voice of God. Because there's a difference here. Why did this man say that I'm going to just go straight to hell when he don't believe in hell? You, do you see any psychiatrist that believes in hell? He sent me straight to hell. No. God has another plan. The Holy Spirit was moving in a little town in Pennsylvania. And there's a preacher, a country preacher, that have a little church. And this man, his name is David Wilkerson. This man was reading a Life magazine about the violence and the crime and the killing in New York City. And he got so over anxious that the Holy Spirit began to put in his heart, go to New York City. The same time, his wife, Wayne, was expecting a baby anytime, anytime. Listen, follow me. Anytime she was expecting a baby, Wilkerson was frustrated. He didn't know how to walk in and tell his wife, God wants me to go to New York. This is an emergency. You think that going, his wife is going to say, okay? No. Wilkerson went, I remember this, about 2 o'clock in the morning, went to that little church. He didn't make it to the altar. He, he fell flat right down the aisle. He was tore or torn apart. And then he stood there until 6 o'clock in the morning, came back, and there is his wife, Gwen. She put her back against the wall, holding her stomach. And the first thing that she said to Dave, go. Go. 
just leave me two ladies from my chair to take care of me. But called to a place that he can get, he can get killed. To a place called a war zone when every week a Puerto Rican guy get killed. And David came in, went to the police station. And when he went to the police station, he was naive. He told the captain, I want to conduct a street meeting with this gang called the Mamas. And we was one of the worst. They laughed, they started laughing. He said, you going where? Sell, sell, they're gonna kill you. Don't go. Wilkerson say, I'm gonna go. The police say, but who's gonna go with you? God's gonna be with me. The captain told him, he better go with you because I ain't no going with you at all. They're gonna kill you, sir. Seriously, they're gonna kill you. He came. You know, in the games, we have, we have a waste of talking. Like the games today, they're copying all of us with sign language. You know, the gangs are well-educated today. They know how to speak sign, sign language. Do you notice that? They, like when I was in the gangs, And then you, you think that you're tough, and you say, when I say you come, you come. You make all these gestures. When I say you go, you go, you understand? If I say that, if I do that to my wife, say you go. And here's the commotion and people running and everything. And I just say, what is going on in my neighborhood? My girlfriend said, ah, somebody got killed. That's the only thing people get happy. I said, no, let's go and see. She didn't want to call. She said, no, I'm not going to say, oh, you don't come. When I say you come, you come. Do you understand? So I grab it and there she's running with me. For what? There's a man raising his voice, screaming so, so hard, competing with all the trains and the buses and children and the hookers and everything. And here I heard this voice. God has the power to change your life right now. When I heard that, I said, oh, you shut up. There's no God. We are gods. Look at this. We are the mamas, we are the people, we have the power. It was a political speech. I want to see this guy, and I started pushing the people, cursing the people, and here is day worker's son. I went around him. You. It was so skinny. Why did God have to use a skinny preacher? 
because he was a tough guy, he would be out of this planet. He was a skinny like a spaghetti. <laughs> he dressed like he was going to a funeral. He didn't know how to dress. A black suit, a white shirt, a tiny, tiny, don't remember those days, a tiny, tiny tie. The guy who gave Wilkerson that haircut, it was a butcher. It was a butcher man. Then he, that, if, if you see that Dave, some picture, he, Dave had those thick, very thick glasses. And I tried to sack him out. And I tried to look at his eyes, I couldn't. They were going up, down, this side, around. Hey, you get dizzy. That was the man that you might say it was insignificant. No, 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 no. That man has a message. That man already was prepared. Already the angels of the Lord was ahead of him. They were preparing the way for him. And let me tell you, when you are in God's will and you are walking with God, let me tell you that you are protected and the angels of the Lord are going to be ahead of you, beside you, and backward, and nobody can touch you. I'm serious. I'm glad that, that you don't need this microphone. Yeah. You were known in this church, huh? You know, they know you in this church, huh? Hallelujah! Yeah. And what happened? I went after him. I spit at him. I called him every name in the ex-book. I humiliated him. I told him, if anybody move, you are dead. And told the gangs, anybody move, jump them. I went right into his face. And now what you gonna do? He was shaking. And with a mumbling voice, he was, he was scared. He told me, Nikki, I came here to bring you a message from heaven. I said, what? Jesus love you, Nikki. That's the three words he used. Jesus love you. Then I buck off. I look at him. He was quiet. He was shaking. And then boldness came over him. Seriously, boldness came upon him. He changed personality. Like a schizophrenic, he changed personality. Now, no longer it was Dave Wilkerson. It was the Holy Spirit through David Wilkerson. It was Jesus now that are possessing this man to say the words of life. And here this man started screaming at me, kill me. Kill me. I said, what? Kill me. That's going to make you feel good in front of these people, and I, and I know you can do it. Go ahead, do it. I said, what's the matter with this guy? 
Nikki, you can kill me and cut me in thousand pieces, and you can throw them right there on the streets. And remember, every little piece will cry out to you, Jesus love you, Nikki. And that hit it. I couldn't believe this. And you know what? Now is this Holy Spirit in action. I could not sleep. I could not sleep with my girl. I could not, I mean, I was in the train. Jesus love you. In the bus, Jesus love you. Fighting, Jesus love you. Stealing, mugging, cheating, Jesus love you. I was surrounded by all these three words. For two weeks, I was super miserable. Jesus love you. I went to hear the preacher. I went to hear the preacher. I give them the authority to do that. Because I'm gonna sing a I'm gonna sing a solo. And then I went to hear him. There were two thousand people. Twelve different gangs, enemies. That's gonna Dracula gonna drink. Lots of blood. There's going to be somebody going to get killed that night, including the preacher. While he was there, it was hell. We hate one another with enemies. And this poor girl came in, and a Christian Puerto Rican girl, she grabbed a microphone to sing a song, and we started just telling, come on, baby, here, here, you can smoke some of this. The poor girl, she could not finish. She dropped the microphone, and she ran out. Wilkerson came and grabbed the microphone, and this guy was so naive. And this was the word that he said. I want five guys from the mammal to collect the offering. <laughs> collect the offering? This guy's crazy. We are a bunch of thieves. And the mammals. They say, oh, that's what you want? Okay, you, 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 Tico. Willie, Albert, Ishil, and myself, we collect the offering. Can you see me collecting the offering for the preacher? Going to you and say, my dear brother, my dear sister, this is for God. Will you please put the money here and God bless you. God bless you. And sometimes, you know, honestly, I... My eyes were looking at this guy. This guy had an attitude. He, he did. He's a tall guy, Puerto Rican guy, big muscle. I mean, that's why he spent his life building muscle. And then Tico would plan to go and get the money. Say, Tico! He's mine. He's mine. Don't collect the money. I went to the guy and said, Put the money here. And he did it purposely. He took the wallet. And I looked. 
and he got a $20 bill, and he took $1 bill, and he dropped it in my basket. I said, oh, no. No, 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 no. Put that money right now, right here. He said, you don't want to tell me what to give. God told me what to give. I said, oh, God, tell you what to give? If you don't put this money, say goodbye. I want to blow your brains. Put that money here. He dropped the whole wallet. And you know what? No, seriously. People were dropping <laughs> wallets. They got so scared they were dropping the wallets and the basket that was so big, there was fire then. It was full of money and wallets. And that's what we took to the preacher. And what the preacher said? Thank you, Nikki. I said, for nothing. We give the money to the preacher. Because then my boys want to steal the money. I said, no. We're going to teach this guy a lesson. He thinks that we are a bunch of thieves. Tico said, we are Nikki. No, I'm going to teach him a lesson. Don't touch a penny, I'm going to give it to him. I took the money, went to the stage, it was duller than this. I walked to the preacher with all the basket, released the basket, and he said, thank you, Nikki. I said, for nothing. Then this has happened, I went, and there's a wall, and I just put my back against the wall and nobody can see me and I start laughing <laughs> and I start talking to myself you're a nice guy Nikki you are nice look what you have done you give the money to the preacher everybody think that you're a thief no you are not you give the money to the preacher I was set up the Holy Spirit set me up because something's going to happen in my life. And it did happen. That night, Wilkerson preached about seven minutes and it was nothing about the, crucif the crucifixions of Jesus Christ. For the first time, I heard the crucifixions of Jesus Christ. For the first time, I began to find out that there was a God, that he came to this earth, and he had a name, that he wasn't a bastard, that his name is Jesus Christ. Die. It was terrible execution. And you know better, I've been in front of that judge so many times, but what happened to Jesus Christ, either my game, they said, this is brutal. Then I say to myself, he's a nice man. I'm bad. He deserves life. I deserve the electric chair. Why do he have to do that? He start crying. And then he say, he's here. God is here. Jesus is here among us. Then he looked straight where I was sitting. He said, Nikki, let me pray for you. I moved my head negatively. I said, no. Easier stood up. 
I want that man to pray for me. Come on, Nikki, come with me. We're not going to live too long. Nikki, you're going to get killed. I'm going to get killed. You know that. Come. I said, Israel, you afraid to go by yourself? Huh? If you're afraid, I go with you. And I went with Israel, and 25 guys and their girlfriend follow us. We went to the front. And what I want to tell you, it was something. It was like a rushing wind that just came in unexpectedly. And there, the guy from the gangs began to cry. Carlos Ergago was crying and crying so hard. It was a tongue-tied. He could not talk. And there, the first word that came out from his mouth was, Jesus, 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 help me. Here, the guy hugging the girls and the girl hugging the guy. My girlfriend tried to hug me, and I pushed her aside. She was crying so hard. And just like that, in a moment, I was touched by invisible power that I didn't see, but it was so real. I didn't see him, but he was there. And I started crying and crying and crying and crying. And that was, that was when I make, for my first time I talk, I didn't know how to express myself. And this is what I say, and I'm going to close. I don't know who you are. I don't know how I feel. This man say that you love me. That you name me Jesus Christ. And you know Jesus Christ. I don't love you. I don't looking for you. Then he changed. My girlfriend hugged me. And I was torn apart. I was crying. There was pain inside of my chest. I was fighting memories, flashback. You are not my son. You are son of the devil. You are not good for nothing. You ugly. This boy, I love you. I love you, Nick. And I say, if you love me, here I am. And I throw myself in the arms of Christ. And I began to cry so hard. And my mouth opens. And I spoke so loud. Careless what people thought about me. Help me. I need help. Jesus Christ, help me, please. And that was the night that Jesus Christ came into my heart. I surrender. And that was the night. Jesus Christ 
brought the curse of witchcraft in the Cruz family. That night I was free, free like a bird. Now I can be close to the one who created me and loved me. <laughs> and I brought my mother to Jesus and I forgive my mother and we became so close. I no longer was full of the devil, but she had those beautiful eyes of peace. Thirteen of my brothers gave the heart to Jesus. Three of my brothers became ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is true. Jesus loves you. It is true that he can break the curse. The curse that depressed you for so long. It is true that he can take a sinner like me. If Jesus changed me, he can change you too. Okay? I did it. I did it. It's painful like it is. I want the, the girls and the guys, the music to come. We're going to sing something. I like the last song that you sing. And I'm not going to apologize because for a long time I need this. I need to be broken. I know what forgiveness is the most beautiful, beautiful kiss from heaven in your heart, in your soul. And you can say, free, free at last. Mom, I want to see you in heaven. And my dad. And my brothers. That's the hope that we all have. Come on, be here, honey. I'm going to do this. I have put my whole heart in your hands. I wasn't planned to do this. I might make a fool of myself. If I did it, I did it for you. I want you to understand that Jesus loves you so much. That he's here. And if Jesus Christ changed Nicky Cruz, he can change you too. <laughs>